in Big East women's basketball. The first weekend of conference play is officially in the books. Some stuff that you saw in terms of results, things that happened in the games, not really all that surprising. But there were some surprises, whether that be, you know, obviously teams pulling off wins that weren't expected, and also some significant losses and not just in the overall records. I'll talk about that and, of course, look ahead to a pretty, again, tame midweek slate as teams now return to their non-conference scheduling temporarily. So that'll be going on for another week or so before conference play restarts again in about a week. I'll cover that here on the Igloo with me, your boy, Timmy Ice. Now... Again, conference play getting underway in Big East women's hoops. So I want to start with this. So Creighton, they were actually home at the CHI Health Center in this game. And the only thing that sucks is I really wish that more people got into this game because the listed attendance accordingly... According to what I'm reading, it was only 416. And that sucks. I mean, granted, I know it's a Friday afternoon. It was at noon local. I think it was noon central time when they played this game. So Creighton hosting Georgetown. And Creighton got off to a great start. They led 21-7 to after the first. And, you know, they really cruised from there. And... And Creighton, you know, they played tremendous defense in this game. You know, and obviously Georgetown didn't have their best shooting day, but again, credit to the Creighton defense. Blue Jays win 64-38, led by a dozen off the bench from Morgan Maley. They also got 11 from Emma Ronziak and 10 from Carly Batchelor. Tatum Rembaugh, solid game for her, 7 points, 4 boards, 6 assists. And then Lauren Jensen with six points. And Jim Flannery really went to his bench a lot in this game. Maley obviously scored 12. So they got nearly half of their scoring from the bench. 30 points to be exact. Again, 12 from Maley. Six from Chloe Dwarak. And four each from Mallory Brake. Molly Mogensen. And Rachel Saunders. As for Georgetown, they really didn't get much from the starters. Just 15 combined points from the starters, 23 from the bench, and they were led by Shania Wright, who had 13 in 20 minutes and was perfect from the field at 5 for 5 while going 3 for 4 from the free throw line. For the starters, Milan Bolden Morris had 7 points in 32 minutes. Just five points and six rebounds from Jillian Archer and three from Kelsey Ransom, who only played 14 minutes and was in foul trouble. And worth noting, Grace Ann Bennett and Yasmin Ott. Bennett only played 12 minutes. Ott only played nine. And neither scored. So, in the first conference game of the season, Creighton victorious, 64-38. 
Now, Seton Hall hosting second-ranked UConn, and something that I did not have on the on our on the last women's episode was news that came out after the release of the episode, which was second-leading scorer Andra Espinosa Hunter had been suspended for that game. But Seton Hall, the first quarter, didn't look like they were playing without Espinosa Hunter. It looked like they were flowing well, and Seton Hall was up one. After the first, it was 17-16, but then UConn did what UConn did best. And they used a 23-6 second quarter to really put themselves in a great position to just steamroll the rest of the way through the game and ultimately win 74-49. And of course... None other than Paige Backers led the way. 23 points, 9 boards, 7 assists. A tremendous all-around game. Didn't really shoot the ball well from 3. As she was just 1 for 4. But she was 11 of 18 from the field. In 34 minutes. As a team, UConn right around 48% from the field. And the funny thing is, UConn dominated this game. Despite shooting just 3 for 16 from 3. Seen Hall, yes, they made five three-pointers, but really, they struggled shooting the three-ball as they were just five for 31, good for just 16%. And, you know, when you shoot 27.6% from the field and you also get out-rebounded 48 to 30, yeah, you're going to get beat. But uh, outside of Beckers for the Huskies, Kristen Williams had 17 they got 12 from Aaliyah Edwards and 10 from Olivia Nelson Adota. And then off the bench, Dorka Juhash, 5 points and 10 rebounds. I mean, 10 boards off the bench led the team. And only played 15 minutes, was 2 for 4 from the floor, and made her only 3 point attempt. So, and. Also worth note, so Avina Westbrook, the other starter for UConn, only had five points. As for Seton Hall, no surprise, Lauren Park Lane led the way, and she really had to shoulder a lot of the load for the Pirates in this game without Espinosa Hunter. 20 points, four boards, five assists, five of 17 from the floor, just two of eight from three. Maya Jackson played all 40 minutes, scored 14 points, grabbed four rebounds with just two for 11 from distance and five for 17 from the floor like LPL. Sydney Cooks, 5 for 15 from the floor, 1 of 9 from 3, finished with 13 points, 6 rebounds, and they didn't get any scoring from the bench, from the bench, and that included, you know, getting 33 minutes from Maya Bembry. The only other player to score for Seton Hall was Caitlin Armstrong, who only scored 2 points. But KD Armstrong, I should say. <laughs> so that's my bad. Um... But Seton Hall, not an ideal start, and they fall 74-49 to the number two team in the country. Providence hosting Villanova. They got off to a slow start, down 13-8 after the first, but they took a 24-22 lead at the half. And in the second half, it was all Friars outscoring Villanova. 42-25 and route to a 66-47 win. And for Providence, this is the kind of statement game you want. You want to get off to a good start in conference play. 
set the tone in your first game, and that's exactly what they did, although they were hindered by that slow start. But again, from the second quarter on, it was all Friars. And Alyssa Geary was the one who led the way. 18 points, 13 rebounds in 27 minutes of play. They got 10 each from Lawrence Sampson and Janai Crooms. Nine from Emily Archibald. Six from Audrey Koch. And off the bench, they got 13 points. Seven points from Olivia Olson. And six from Megan Herter. As for Villanova, I mean, it was really just Brianna Hurley and that's it. Hurley, he had a game-high 20 points, 7 rebounds, 7 of 17 for the floor, just 1 of 5 from 3, and you know Villanova was just 4 for 26 from 3, only 15%, so a rough shooting night for the Cats, and just 16 for 59, 27% from the field. Providence, much more efficient, 22 for 46 from the floor, 47.8%, and they were 6 for 12 from 3, good for an even 50%, and dominated the glass, out-rebounding Nova, 43-29. And Villanova only got four combined points from the bench. Three from Orahel and one from Cauley. Lior Garzon really struggled and only scored five points. Bella Runyon had six. They got seven from Lucy Olsen and five from Brooke Mullen. So Providence, great start. And Alumni Hall winning their first conference game of the year by 19. Marquette hosted Xavier and... Got off to a great start, and they were up big at halftime, up 20, 44-24, and really that was all they needed as they rolled to a 76-48 win. Led by 20 points from Carissa McLaughlin. The transfer from Purdue was great in this game. 20 points, was perfect from three at five for five, and was seven of 12 from the floor as a whole. They got 14 each from Lisa Carlin and Jordan King. 10 from Lauren Van Cloonen, who also had 8, point, eight rebounds and 5 assists. And McLaughlin had dished out 7 dimes. And you know, it also helps Marquette got 16 combined points from the bench, led by 7 from Danielle Middleton, the freshman. And Marquette dominated the glass in this game, too. 45-25, they had the rebounding edge. And Xavier, something surprising, you know, in this, in the climate of today's game, taking only five three-pointers and making one of them, that ain't going to cut it from a shooting percentage perspective and the fact that you just got to take more shots if you want to make more. And, I mean, overall, I mean, it's not like they shot horribly from the field. They were 21 for 57, which is, you know, 37%. It's not great, but it's also not that egregiously bad. And leading the way, scoring a third of their of her team's points was Ayanna Townsend with 16 on 8 of 14 shooting. No other player for the Musketeers was in double figures. Shiloh Beeler had 7. Anaya Harris had five, as did Kay Satterfield. Anaya Clark only had four. Off the bench, Michaela Hayes had five. They got four 
from Megan Harkey in the latter stages of the game, and then a bucket from Kasia Woods. So Marquette at the Owl, they defend home court, dominating Xavier by 28. And DePaul hosting Butler, again, I said I would not be shocked if they scored at least 100 while winning by almost 40. And that's exactly what DePaul did, although in the first quarter it was only a one-point game after the first. But it was the middle two quarters where DePaul really steamrolled the Bulldogs. They outscored Butler 64-32 in the middle two quarters. And they would roll to a 101-64 win. And DePaul got a lot of balanced scoring in this game. Their leading scorer only had 19, which was Deja Church, who did it in just 22 minutes. 3 for 5 from 3 and 5 for 10 from the field. They got 16 from Lexi Held. 10 from Sonia Morris. 13 from Anissa Morrow. And only 5 from Darion Rogers. And Deja Church played the most minutes of any starter with 22. So outside of her, no one played more than half the minutes of of the entire game. Morrow and Held only played 18 minutes. Morris only played 15. And in her 15 minutes, again, scored 10 points, dished out 5 assists. And Held was 2 of 4 from 3 and 7 for 11 from the field. As a whole, DePaul really shot it well. Nearly 55%. 39% from 3 is pretty good too. And then off the bench, how about 14 from Kiara Collier, who is 3 for 3 from distance, 5 for 7 from the floor, 14 points, 5 assists in 20 minutes. And, you know, they also got 8 from Caitlin Ammons, as well as Dina Bakelja. So, combined totals from the bench... They got 38 points from the bench. Butler also got quite a bit from the bench. They got 19 points of their 64. But leading the way for the Bulldogs, it was Alex Richard with 14 points on 6 of 10 shooting in only 17 minutes. Meanwhile, in 27 minutes, Zoe Jackson scored 12 on 6 of 11 shooting. It just wasn't Butler's night shooting the three ball as they were just 5 for 19 while, I mean, their shooting numbers weren't that horrible from the field as a whole. They were right around 46%. Meanwhile, Kendall Wingler chipped in eight. They got seven from Trinity White. Only four, though, from Selena Taborn. But off the bench, you know, they got six each from Sydney Janes and Amelia Sexton. But DePaul, obviously, way too powerful. They win this one big. Butler falls to 0-7. So, Sunday, just to make a quick diversion to a non-conference game and obviously made headlines, UConn beat 24th-ranked Notre Dame at Gamble in a sellout, 73-54. However, the story of the game, Paige Becker's, had to be helped off the court after a really 
gruesome injury to her leg. So the official diagnosis of the injury, and thank God it couldn't have it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So the exact injury, it was a tibial plateau fracture in her left knee, and her timetable, six to eight weeks. So that was a tough pill to swallow for UConn. But up until that point, Beckers played really well. Played 39 minutes and scored 22 points on 9 of 17 shooting and 3 for 7 from distance. But moving forward, yeah, that's a big blow for the Huskies. Outside of Beckers, though, in this game, they got 14 from Olivia Nelson Adota to go along with 13 rebounds, 10 from Aaliyah Edwards. Off the bench, though, how about 14 from Caroline Ducharme, the freshman? In 14 minutes, scored those 14 points. 3 of 5 from 3 and 5 for 9 from the floor. You know, UConn was just under 46% shooting. 39% from 3 was solid too. Meanwhile, for Notre Dame, the struggle, the, the starters really struggled in this game. And leading the way off the bench was Sonia Citron, the freshman. 32 minutes, 19 points, and 5 rebounds. As for Notre Dame starters, they got just nine from Dara Mabry, eight from Olivia Miles, seven from Madeline Westbeld, and six from Maya Dodson. So the 24th ranked Irish fall to seven and two. UConn with that win puts them up to five and one. Other action around the Big East. Georgetown, after really struggling offensively at Creighton on Friday, I mean, it was a low-scoring affair this time again, but Georgetown, this time against Providence, they get the job done, and they win 55-47. And they were up six at the break. It was 25-19, and, you know, Providence made their comeback, and, you know, they actually led 30-27 after a great start to the third quarter. But Georgetown closes the quarter from that point on. On an 11-2 run to go back up six. And they didn't look back. So Georgetown wins 55-47. And how about this breakout performance from Kelsey Ransom? 21 points, 4 boards, 4 assists. And 12 huge points from Grace Ann Bennett to go with 6 rebounds on 5 of 8 shooting. The rest of the starters really carried the weight for this team. 7 from Jillian Archer. 3 of 3 from the field and perfect from distance at 1 for 1. Milan Bolden-Morris. 6 points, 4 rebounds. I mean, she really struggled shooting the ball 2 for 11. And then another a tough shooting night for Yasminat as well. Just 6 points on 2 of 10 shooting. 1 of 3 from distance. 
As for Providence, Alyssa Geary, 14 points to lead the way. She's really been what's been driving Providence this year. 4 of 12 from the field, 3 for 8 from 3. Again, was the only Friar in double figures with those 14 points. They got 9 from Lawrence Sampson, 7 from Janai Crooms, just 4 from Archibald and 3 from Koch. Off the bench, Olivia Olsen had 6. Megan Herter knocked down a 3 as well. I mean, another team shot the ball well. Providence, though, was 7-24 from 3. But kind of what did them in? Well, they let Georgetown get to the line a lot more. 25 attempts compared to Providence's 15. So for Providence, they can't finish out the weekend 2-0. Georgetown, they at least salvaged the road split with that victory. Meanwhile, Seton Hall reinstated Andra Espinosa-Hunter after her one-game suspension. But it just was not good enough. St. John's shooting lights out at Carneseca against the Hall, winning 88-75. And it was a really high-paced game. Seton Hall took 81 shots in this game. 81! Whereas St. John's only took 56. So, for the Red Storm, I mean, again, it was a high-scoring affair, and they had two players each with 20-plus. And those two players were, well... One of them was obviously expected, which was Leilani Correa. 24 points, 9 of 15 from the field, and 2 of 5 from distance. But Kadeja Bailey was what impressed most. What Was the player that did impress most, I should say. 36 minutes, perfect from the field at 7 for 7. Including 2 of 2 from 3. 23 points, 4 boards, and 3 assists. They also got 16 and 10 from Danielle Patterson. 15 from Danielle Cosgrove. And then four each off the bench from Emma Nolan and Unique Drake. Meanwhile, for Seton Hall, rough shooting days all around. Lauren Park Lane and Andre Espinosa Hunter each played 40 minutes. LPL had 23 points and 7 assists, but was just 9 of 22 from the field. 3 of 6 from 3 wasn't bad. However, Espinosa Hunter really struggled in this game. 11 points, 6 boards, 4 of 15 from the field, just 1 of 8 from 3. And... No, Tony Bazella switched things around. They So he started Maya Bembry, who had a much better game compared to how she was on Friday against UConn. 38 minutes, 14 points, 13 rebounds, and 4 assists on 7 of 11 from the field. Sydney Cooks took a lot of shots as well. Just 7 of 21, though, and was 3 for 10 from 3. 4, four rebounds and 5 assists with those 17 points. Maya Jackson only had five points. Katie Armstrong came off the bench, only played 11 minutes, scoring just three points. And Kalia Harris, in nine minutes, scored just two points. So St. John's, that was their first conference game, and they start on the right foot, 1-0. Meanwhile, Seton Hall is now under 500, and they're now 0-2 in conference play with that defeat. Meanwhile, Creighton defended home court yet again, this time at Sokol Arena, winning 72-58.
and Creighton dominated for the most part. I mean, granted, it was only a nine-point game at the half, but after three, Creighton was up 23 as it was 60-37. to And the Blue Jays rolled to a 72-58 win. Leading the way was Lauren Jensen, the sophomore, 23 points, 8 of 17 from the field and 4 of 10 from distance. They also got 12 from Emma Ronziak, 10 from Carly Batchelor, and 11 off the bench from Morgan Maley, who has become a microwave for this team. As for Villanova, off the bench leading the way was the freshman Zanai Jones. And, you know, she had barely seen the court this year. In her previous four games, had only played a combined 23 minutes. In this game, she played 19 minutes and scored 13 points on 5 of 9 shooting to go along with 5 rebounds. As for, as for the starters, they got 11 each from Lior Garzon and Brooke Mullen. Brianna Hurley, he really couldn't get it going in this game, just 8 points. Kenzie Gardler got the, scar- got the start and scored 5 points, and Lucy Olsen only had 3. And Bella Redding was relegated to the bench in this game, played 17 minutes, scored 5 points. So the Blue Jays, now 5-2 overall, and 2-0 and in conference. Villanova now 3-5 and overall, 0-2 now in conference. Butler, compared to how they played against DePaul earlier in the week, much better against Marquette, albeit it came in a losing effort. Funny thing was, you know, it was a it was still a single-digit game after three. And Butler actually tied it at 34 with 426 left in the third. But Mark but after that initial scare, Marquette just ran away with it, outscoring Butler 25 to 11 over the final 1426 to win 5945. Leading the way for Marquette, 15 each from Lauren Van Clunen and Carissa McLaughlin. Van Clunen had nine rebounds. And was 5 of 17 for the field. So not a great shooting day. McLaughlin doing her thing shooting the three ball. Knocked down three of them on eight attempts. And was 6 of 16 from the floor. Jordan King, 12 points, four boards, four assists. Funny thing is, Marquette really struggled shooting the ball. They were just under 30%. And with just 3 for 11 from distance. I think they're kind of lucky though that Butler was just 2 for 16 from three. But for the Bulldogs, Selena Taborn was solid in this game. 14 points, 10 rebounds on 6 of 7 shooting. Zoe Jackson, 11 points and 6 rebounds, but was just 4 for 16 from the floor. They also got 8 from Alex Richard, but the bench really didn't do much. Just 7 combined points, whereas Marquette's bench had 12. So Butler falls to 0-8, Marquette 2-0 in conference now, and 6-2 overall with that win. DePaul continued their high-scoring ways against Xavier. But Xavier kind of hung tough and played at that pace pretty comfortably. 
But in the end, DePaul just too powerful. They win 103-85. to 85. And leading the way, Anissa Morrow, 24 points and 19 rebounds on 10 of, 10 of 17 shooting. Meanwhile, Darion Rogers with 21, and she shot the lights out too. 6 of 8 from the field, 6 of 7 from 3 to go with 6 rebounds and 5 assists. Deja Church also had 21 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 7 of 18 from the field, just 2 of 5 from 3. Lexi Held had 16 points, and Sony Morris had 15 to go along with 6 assists. So they got 97 of their 103 points from the starters, which is absurd. As for Xavier, Nia Clark led the way, 19 points, 6 assists, 8 of 13 from the field. Michaela Hayes off the bench with 17 points and 7 boards in 19 minutes. 6 of 10 shooting was pretty good. Meanwhile, 19 minutes for Michaela Scarlett. For her, this was her first act. Well, actually, no, she played... Previously against Mark, so I don't know why she didn't come up in the box score from what I saw. I mean, well, she was limited, you know, 23 minutes, didn't score at all against Marquette, but scored 10 against DePaul, 2 of 2 from distance, 3 for 6 from th from the field. They got 8 each from Beeler and Satterfield, and just 6 from Ayanna Townsend, who had to deal with foul trouble and only played 20 minutes, but grabbed 7 rebounds. So for DePaul... Also 2-0, Xavier falls to 0-2. So, <laughs> DePaul, 204 combined points in their first two conference games. I don't know if that'll be sustainable, but, you know, one can dream, right? But, I mean, that just goes to show DePaul has that capability, and they really are that damn good as an offense. So, looking ahead to this week. So I'll cover games Wednesday through Friday. I'll have a new edition of the Igloo um, for the women's side on Saturday. So Xavier just got underway against Niagara. I'm assuming Xavier's going to win. You know, I think they'll be happy to be back at the Centos Center, and they will defend the home court and win that game. Providence, they look good. You know, they've won three in a row now. Actually, four in a row. Yeah, four. Yeah, it has to be four in a row. Because they started one and four, and now they're five and four. Right? No, it, that can't be. Yeah, something's not adding up because all of this is just not adding up. But anyways, they're visiting Brown on ESPN Plus at six o'clock. I'm expecting Providence to go in and win that game. Plain and simple. And the same goes at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Plus with Marquette visiting Milwaukee. So I'm just going to keep these picks rather short. But anyways, moving on to Thursday. 7 o'clock over on ESPN2. Third-ranked UConn in their first game without Paige Beckers visiting 6-2 Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's only losses this year came against Auburn Am I not looking at this right? So they lost to Auburn Oh, and then they lost at Purdue But they are coming off a win 
at number 20 Georgia in their last game. And this was a top 20 team in the preseason. Georgia Tech is no slouch. But do I think UConn gets the job done? I think so. But it's going to be a very tightly contested game. Also at 7 o'clock, over on the SEC Network, DePaul visiting number 14, Kentucky. The Wildcats are 6-1 on the year. Their only defeat coming at Indiana. I think Kentucky's too good. I think they beat DePaul, but DePaul's going to put up a fight. And again, don't be shocked if it's a high-scoring affair. Georgetown also hosting George Washington. The Colonials are 5-4 on the year. I, th- I just think Georgetown's the better team. I think Georgetown wins this game, and then in Harrisonburg, Villanova visiting James Madison. JMU's 3-5. So far, their losses came, well, they beat Virginia, but they lost at home to Maryland. They lost in overtime at Liberty. They lost at Buffalo, while also losing at George Washington and getting crushed by North Carolina. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to pick Villanova winning at JMU. So, I I hope my brother doesn't hear this who's a JMU grad. So, I'm sorry. I'm picking Nova. So, Friday Friday night, Butler will host Denver University. And Denver, they're 4-5 right now, which isn't amazing. And they really haven't beaten anybody big. They beat Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. They beat Cal Poly and they beat Colorado Christian. So half of their four wins have come against non-D1 opponents. And Butler's 0-8. But I think they did play a lot better against Marquette. I think that's a sign of promise. But you know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little frisky today. I was feeling a little frisky. I was thinking, I'm like, could this be the game Butler wins? I don't know. I just think Denver will have enough to go in there and win. I don't know. Just Butler just doesn't have enough. But coming up on the next edition of the Igloo, there's going to be a lot to cover, which include quite a few significant non-conference games. I mean, everyone's, you know, going to be, I mean, there's no conference action going on this weekend. But... There are some pivotal games taking place. Seton Hall is going to visit Princeton. You got the Never Forget Tribute Classic at Prudential Center where third-ranked UConn is going to face UCLA over on ABC. Other notable games, 23rd-ranked Oregon State is going to visit Villanova. You got the women's edition of the Crosstown Shootout as Xavier's going to visit Cincinnati. And Creighton's got a big game themselves hosting Arizona State. And then Butler's going to visit Illinois. So I'll cover that next time on the Igloo. But stay tuned because Friday I'm going to work on getting a Villanova-Baylor preview. It's a top 10 game between the 6th ranked Wildcats and the 2nd ranked Bears down in Waco. So I'm going to make sure I have a full preview of that game with a Villanova perspective, and I definitely want to get some Baylor perspective on there as well. But if I can't get a Baylor, I will definitely get at least a Nova side of things. So until next time, this is Timmy Ice signing off from the Igloo once again. 
Thank you for tuning in again, and I'll catch you all again on Friday.